on the second day of Shmini Atzeret, which will start this year, Tuesday night, is it's called Simchat Torah. And we developed a custom, it's a somewhat recent custom, about 1,500 years old. For us Jews, that's pretty new. Um, you know, Torah is over 3,000 years old. That we read the Torah in an annual cycle. We read the Torah regularly in the synagogue um, on Saturdays, going back to the days of Moses. But there were different cycles. There were three-year cycles. There were other cycles. For the last 1,500 years, we've said everyone does an annual cycle, and we finish the Torah every year on Simchat Torah, the last day of Sukkot. And we start it again every year, the Shabbat after Sukkot. And so the day that we finish reading the Torah, the final day of Sukkot, or the holiday after Sukkot, called <coughs> we started calling by its own name, Simchat Torah, which means joy of the Torah. And so this is a day of great celebration. It's a day, it's not, never on a Shabbat, it's always on a weekday, but we always read the Shabbat before is always Sukkot, so we have a special Sukkot reading. It's always the Shabbat before that we read the second last reading, and the final reading is always on Simchat Torah, on this day of Simchat Torah. Well, it's a day of great celebration when we read the final reading of the Torah. Um, we have a number of, tr- of customs that have developed with Simchat Torah. It's a custom that every man in the synagogue and even all the children all get called up to the Torah. Generally, we don't call children up to the Torah, but on Simchat Torah, all the children get a special opportunity to make the blessing on the Torah. Um, we also have, we read, read our regular five readings that we read on a festival. And then the f- last reading of the Torah is called Chatan Torah or literally the Torah groom, and it's a very great honor. And in um, many synagogues, people, um, they auction off the honor to raise money for the synagogue or for other charities, and uh, people pay a lot of money for this unique honor to be able to have, make the blessing for the final reading of the Torah of the year. Um, then we also, right after we finish the Torah, we take out another Torah that's rolled back to the beginning, and we read the first reading of, the, of, the, of Genesis, of the beginning of the Torah. We start the Torah from the very beginning again, and the person that makes the first blessing on the first reading of the Torah is called Chatan Bereshit, the groom for Genesis, and uh, for the beginning. And uh, it's also a very, very great honor, considered an even greater honor than finishing is starting the new one. And so the entire day is very joyous. It's generally, um, we Jews always have, always, when we go to shul, we always eat, Jews always eat. Um, and so we have a tradition, we have a Kiddush, or some places call it an Oneg, after services. Uh, most synagogues have it. For some reason, I've never figured this out, that the day that everyone comes to shul is the only day where there's no food. I don't know why. You come the next Shabbos, there's lots of food, and drinks, of course. Um, and so every Shabbos, of course, we always have a Kiddush, or an Oneg, a little party after the synagogue. Some synagogues have smaller ones, some have bigger ones. Um, we have a somewhat big one over here, uh, but we always have a party after services. We do Kiddush. Um, and then, uh, but then on Simchat Torah, we never do it during the services. There's an American problem that started in many shuls. You may have heard of it called the Kiddush Club, where people go down in the middle of services to, um, and start the Kiddush a little early. And uh, anyway, it's, it's a, it exists in some shuls. 
So socials, yeah. So, uh, but generally, that's frowned upon. You're not allowed. You're not supposed to stop your services to eat. Um, you do it afterwards. You pray first, and then you eat. But Simchat Torah is different. On Simchat Torah, the custom is that we, in the middle of our services, before we even take out the Torah, um, we all go. Uh, we all recite the kiddush, the prayer over the wine, and we have a party. Um, or, uh, or sometimes people do it on hard liquor on Simchat Torah. Sometimes, and, um, and we start um, we start the party already in the middle of the services. So essentially, we are partying during the services because it's such a joyous occasion. In fact, every day of the festival, we have a custom or a mitzvah. Well, I think we once spoke about it, of the blessing of the Kohanim. That the Kohanim stand in front of the synagogue and they bless all with their taluses, everyone, uh, and they bless the people. And so we do that every Yom Tiv. Normally we do it at the very end of the service. Simchat Torah, we do it at the beginning of the service because the, you're not allowed to bless the people after you've had any alcohol. That's the rule. So it's a, mitzvah, it's, it's a rule in the Torah. So, so because people drink or during the service... We do the Torah, the Kohanic blessing at the beginning of the service. Sorry? So Wednesday. This is going to be Wednesday. Okay, I have a question. Is that the one where they take their shoes off? I don't know about taking shoes off. But oh, the Kohanim. Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I didn't realize what you were referring to. The Kohanim take their shoes off. Yes. Like they would when we went into the temple. They had to take their shoes off. Oh, on every Yom Tif, every festival. Yes, Don? It's been my observation that on... Simchas Torah, there is an overflow on the women's side, much more so than any other holiday except maybe Yom Kippur. Why is that? I don't know. I guess they want to join the party. <laughs> so if people asked me Fair what if they, people want to come one day a year to shul, I would tell them to drop the Yom Kippur and try the Simchat Torah. <laughs> so... So the night before Simchat Torah, meaning Tuesday night this year, the night before Simchat Torah, we have a custom that we already begin the celebrations of completing the Torah the next day. And we do that with a custom called Hakafot, which literally means circles. And what we do is we take all the Torahs out of the Ark and we um, circle, holding the Torah, circle the Bima that we, where we read the Torah seven times, and as you circle it, we recite various poems and verses of the Torah. And there's a uh, and between each time circling the bima, we dance with the Torahs, and this whole process is called hakafot. Now hakafot is dancing with the Torahs a very joyous time. We dance, we sing, we drink to celebrate the Torah. I should point out that Judaism bans men and women who are not immediate relatives from dancing together as part of our rules of tzniyot, of modesty. Um, we have many rules of tzniyot, and I think we've done a class on them before, but Judaism does not allow men and women to dance together. And so in, on Simchat Torah, men dance and women dance. Anyway, we're separated in the synagogue, and tr according to Jewish tradition. So men and women dance separately um, on Simchat Torah. We dance separately, yes. But you can dance together allowed, yourselves. Women are not allowed to hold the Torahs, are they? Our tradition is that women don't hold Torahs. Whether they're allowed to or not is a, 
discussion of its own and why they don't. There may not be a clear outright prohibition, but they haven't done it over the years. Yes, Marlon. Why seven times? That is a very good question. Seven is a complete number in Judaism. So seven is the number of completion. So we do generally Sukkot is a seven-day festival. A lot of things is Shabbat is every seven days. So seven symbolizes completion. It's the whole number. God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. So that's why seven. Very good question. We usually have the children celebrate as well. They dance with toy Torahs. We wave Torah flags. We always create flags, and um, the children wave flags. And now the singing on Simchat Torah is a little unusual because there's singing and dancing, but there is no music. That is because our sages, the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council in Judaism, in the very, very early days of Judaism, banned us playing music on Shabbat and festivals. And that is because one of the prohibitions on Shabbat is fine-tuning instruments. It's prohibited on Shabbat. And because we're concerned that you try playing some strings and you realize, or some notes, and you realize that it needs a little tuning, it's not perfect, and then you start twisting it, and you've transgressed Shabbat, therefore our sages said, um, therefore our sages banned all music playing on Shabbat, um, going back about 3,000 years or so. So we don't, we don't, we don't play on Shabbat or festivals, we can do a cappella, which is why Judaism has developed cantors that sing beautifully alone without music, and um, choirs, a cappella choirs that sing beautifully without music. Um, but Simchat Torah, most synagogues don't, don't hire cantors just to sing or um, a cappellas, so they sing themselves. Um, we also, I should also mention that since the destruction of the temple, even when it's not Shabbat in the temple, the Levites played music every single day in the temple. It was a mitzvah. When the temple was destroyed as part of our mourning for the temple, because we cannot fully serve God without the temple, our sages banned all playing of music in synagogues as part of the services. So in general, we don't play music as part of services um, in the synagogue since then, since the destruction of the temple. So therefore, we dance and sing, but we do it without, with our voices. You get hoarse a little bit. If you do it too much, do it too loud, but it's okay, you survive it. Uh, but it's without any music. But even without music, it's very celebratory and very, very joyous. A very joyous time to come to Shul, uh, both the evening, which this year will be Tuesday night when we do the hakafot, the dancing, as well as the morning when we have our kiddush in the middle of our lunch, in the middle of the prayers, and read the final reading and read the, um, the, the final reading of the Torah and start the Torah again. Um, it's all great time of great celebration. So I encourage everyone to join us both Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. We're going to start Wednesday morning services at 10.30 and we're going to start our Kiddush if you want to come just for Kiddush um, and following um, services, we'll start, that will be at 11.30 in the morning. But why are we so happy? Why are we dancing? Why are we rejoicing? I think we can say that Sukkot is the happiest day in the Jewish, in the Jewish calendar. It's a very joyful day. Why are we so happy? Why are we dancing? Why are we singing? What are we so excited about? So clearly we are happy over the Torah. We're going to complete the Torah. You finish the Torah, it's like a graduation. 
you finished it after 12 years of school or four years of school you're very excited you celebrate so after completing the Torah, a year completing the Torah, it's a reason for great celebration. In fact, we actually have a tradition that any time we complete a book of, of Torah, like a book of the Talmud, we make what we call a siyam, a party. Every time you finish something, you should make a party. You should celebrate. It's a good reason to celebrate. But clearly, our celebration on Simchat Torah goes a little bit beyond just excited that we completed a book that we complete every single year. It's more than just that. We're really celebrating over not just having finished the Torah, but the very fact that we have the Torah. The very fact that God has given us the Torah. And that itself is reason for us to be happy. God chose our ancestors over 3,000 years ago from all the nations of the world and gave, make a, a, made a unique covenant with our ancestors and gave us his instructions, his Torah, along with his commandments, commanding us to fulfill them, giving us a very unique role in God's plan for history and giving us, giving us a very unique opportunity to build a relationship with God that only our people were given the opportunity to build. So we have this, now people can join the Jewish people, but until they do, they don't have that opportunity yet. And so it's a very unique opportunity that we were given. We were given a very beautiful treasure, this chance to build a relationship with God, to be God, part of God's unique people. Now, most of us, those that were born Jewish, were born into it. We were born into this unique opportunity. But we still need to appreciate this opportunity we were given. It's something to celebrate, to be happy about, to be excited about this opportunity that God has given us, chosen us from all the people on earth, made us His unique people, made a covenant with us, and given us the opportunity to have a unique role within God's world and play that unique role by studying His Torah and following His commandments. So it's something that we're very happy about very proud of and Simchat Torah is the time that we celebrate we take the Torah scroll which is the words that God has given us uh, written down in the Torah scroll and we dance with it we celebrate with it we're excited over this opportunity that God has given us every mitzvah God has given us is a reason to celebrate a opportunity to make a unique impact in this world every time we study Torah it's a reason to celebrate now, ideally, we should spend our whole life celebrating. And that's really the way we should live life, always live life happy. And you should always, if you're ever sad about something, you've got to think for a moment. God chose me from, all, from my people, from all the world, all the people of the world. And I was given, I was born into this, or chose to, for those that join, chose to join. But now I have this unique, special opportunity. It's a reason to be happy, no matter what else may go wrong. And because of that, we Jews have been a happy people throughout the generation. And known for being a happy people. Yes, we've had our challenges. Everyone has their challenges. But we still have a unique opportunity. We are, the, in the words of the Talmud, we are all princes and princesses. We are God's princes and princesses. We are... God. We are God's children. God has chosen us and made us um, 
his made us his princes. Either we're 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 the we're royal, born into royal blood, or born into or joined um, royalty, given this unique special opportunity that God has given us. Now that doesn't mean that we, God forbid, would put down anybody else who wasn't given this opportunity. We need to help everybody and encourage everybody to do good, but we should also value and appreciate the opportunity that we have been given. And that is why we celebrate on Simchat Torah. That is why we are so excited and so happy on Simchat Torah. It is our time that we celebrate the uniqueness of our people, the uniqueness of the Torah God has given us and the commandments that God has given us. So many wonder if we're celebrating God choosing us as a people and giving us the Torah, we have another festival when we celebrate the giving of the Torah, which is Shavuot. Shavuot. Shavuot, which is 49, 50 days after Passover, we celebrate the giving of the Torah. So we should celebrate on Shavuot. That's when we celebrate God's giving of the Torah. Why are we celebrating four months later on Simchat Torah? If you want to have the... We have a festival where we celebrate the giving of the Torah. The happy time when we're joyous and we dance over the Torah should be Shavuot. Now, we finished the Torah on Simchat Torah, but we could have just as easily adjusted the cycle to start the Torah the Shabbat after Shavuot and finish the Torah on Shavuot. So why are we celebrating four months later on Simchat Torah? So there are many answers given to this question. But today I'm going to share with you one answer that's, um, that's brought in Hasidic teachings. And that is, that on Shavuot was the day that God gave us the Torah. What do we mean gave us the Torah? It is the day that he made a covenant with us. We essentially, our ancestors, converted to Judaism. They all went to the mikveh. They accepted. They said, God asked them, do you want the Torah? They said, we want it. We'll do it. They went to the mikveh. They offered special sacrifices. Um, and they accepted the Torah, which is the process, verbally accepted. We will follow the, God's Torah. That was the day they, kind of, they became God's people. It was also the day that God appeared to them at Mount Sinai, where we had this national revelation. God appeared to our ancestors, millions of people standing at the foot of Mount Sinai. And we heard God say the Ten Commandments. Now God had 613 commandments in store. He only got as far as 10 and we said it was too much. We couldn't handle anymore. But at least we got to hear God, right? That's what the Torah tells us, right? There were a lot more. But we got 10, we heard directly from God. We got to hear straight from God at Mount Sinai. And so that's the great celebration of Shavuot, the day that we made our covenant with God. So why are we not so excited and so happy on Shavuot? It's a, it's a holiday, but it's not like Simchat Torah. Rob, did you have a question? Yeah, well, you said he appeared mm -hmm. on Mount Sinai. What was that like? We did a class about that a couple months ago. Um, but we had this spiritual revelation where we had a sixth sense that not we were able to see the spirituality, reality of God, and able to hear or be aware of God's communicating with us the Ten Commandments through senses that we don't normally have. 
But it was an experience, not just that one person claimed, but experienced by millions of people together standing inside all of our ancestors. So is that that experience, like what prophets Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was everybody kind of... A prophet at that moment, yes. Okay. Yes. Everyone was a prophet at that moment. God spoke to every single person that stood, that was there then. Absolutely. And we believe that the soul of every Jew that will ever be born was also there at Sinai. So our souls were there. So, so why don't we celebrate? So that's the celebration of Shavuot. So why that, doesn't that come with the great joy and the singing and dancing? So one answer given is that Shavuot was very exciting but things went wrong very quickly. What happened? Moses then, the next day, a day after Shavuot, the day after the revelation at Sinai, Moses, God said, told Moses, come up the mountain, because the people said, we had enough at 10. So, let Moses, you go get the rest for us, and we'll trust you. So God called Moses up the mountain, where Moses convened with God for 40 days, or 40 nights. And he was told the rest of the commandments. And then he came down... And lo and behold, he sees the people were worshipping a golden calf. They were already worshipping an idol just 40 days after hearing commandment number two, do not worship idols. So Moses was really upset. He came down with the tablets, two tablets. On those tablets were written the Ten Commandments that God had spoken directly to the people. And he was so upset when he saw what happened that he threw the tablets on the ground and smashed them. That God told Moses he's going to destroy the people. Moses begged God, please don't destroy them, please forgive them. He spent 40 days up, he went back up on the mountain, spent 40 days praying to God and begging God to forgive the people. Until finally God agreed to forgive them. And then God told Moses, go get yourself another set of tablets and I'll inscribe the Ten Commandments again. The first tablets were provided by God. The second one Moses had to provide on his own. And so Moses goes back down the mountain, cuts out two more tablets, brings them back up, and spends another 40 days where God teaches him more Torah, and God inscribes the Ten Commandments. He comes down after 40 days. It's now 120 days or four months from when the Torah was given, and he comes down with the second set of tablets on Yom Kippur. That's why Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, was chosen for that day. It's the day that God, Moses came down with a second set of tablets. We were forgiven for our sin. We were forgiven for what we did wrong. So, the festival of Sukkot, we spoke last week why we celebrate Sukkot right after, um, right after Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. We mentioned that in a sense it's somewhat of a continuation of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur um, celebrating or um, bringing the inspiration of Yom Kippur into reality but also it's explained that it's a continuation of Yom Kippur it is celebrating the Torah for the second time celebrating what in today's lexicon would call it Torah 2.0 right the second round the second set of tablets after we messed up the first time, the second round of the Torah. We're celebrating it again. Yom Kippur itself is the Day of Atonement, so God gave us another holiday a couple days later. We have time to prepare. And a couple days later, we have a day of celebration. 
That is why the Torah tells us in general that we have to celebrate on our festivals. But the Torah says, in particular, you must be happy on the festival of Sukkot. We have a special commandment to be happy on the festival of Sukkot. And of all the festivals, Sukkot is the happiest. And the reason given, because we're celebrating that God gave us, forgave us, and gave us the second set of tablets, and kept us as His chosen people, and kept us going and allowed us to continue following His Torah and being His chosen people. And so the climax of that is on the final day of Sukkot. Sukkot is followed by the two-day holiday of Shemini Atzeret. And the second day of Shemini Atzeret in the Diaspora, we have two days, we celebrate as the climax, as the day to celebrate the Torah. And that's why that day was chosen to complete the Torah. So when you think about it, what are we celebrating on Simchat Torah? We're, we're celebrating the day that we completed the Torah, but we're completing the Torah because it's the day that we are celebrating that the Torah was given to us and our unique opportunity that we have. But we're not celebrating just how God get, chose us at Mount Sinai and made a covenant with us and gave us the Torah. We're celebrating something else. We're celebrating how we messed up. And even though we messed up, God didn't throw us out, didn't get rid of us, but retained us and renewed His covenant with us by giving us a second set of tablets. So it's not just a celebration of our uniqueness as a people, our unique relationship with God and the Torah that God gave us. Simchat Torah is a celebration how even when we do wrong, even when we do bad, even when we mess up, even when we're faced with challenges, and even when we're faced with struggles, and even when everything goes wrong, we're still special. God still chose us again and made us His chosen people. God still renewed His covenant with us. And He promised after that that He would never ever break His covenant with us. It says so explicitly in the Torah that God will never break His covenant with His people. We are His people forever. We will have His Torah forever, no matter what we do. Even if we've messed up, and we've done things wrong. People sometimes tell me, when I ask them to do a mitzvah, to come to shul, or to do various things, they tell me they're, ba- they're a bad Jew. So now, there's no, I tell them, well, there's no such thing as a bad Jew. You may have done bad things, but you're still 100% a Jew, and God's covenant is still with you 100%. It hasn't gone anywhere. No matter what happens, life is full of challenges. Life is full of problems. We all do things wrong, things we regret. We all face very difficult moments. We all face um, challenging moments. But we're always still God's children. We're part of God's people. We're all still connected to God with the Torah. Even when we mess up, we still have the Torah. And this is expressed in a verse in the final reading that we're going to read on Simchat Torah, in Moses' last blessing to his people, and it's a verse that you're probably very familiar with, one of the most famous verses, Torah tziva lanu Moshe, morasha kihilat Yaakov, which means the Torah that, God command, that Moshe commanded us is the inheritance or the birthright of the congregation of Jacob. In other words, Our covenant with God is our natural birthright. 
It's you can't change your family, no matter what they do. Your sibling will still be your sibling. Your children will still be your children, no matter how many incidents you've had, or no matter how many years you haven't spoken. Yours, they will still be your children. Can't change that. Our relationship with God cannot be changed. Our relationship with the Torah cannot be changed, no matter what happens. No matter what we do, we cannot change that. We are part, we have that unique relationship with God. And that is the celebration on Simchat Torah. Not just that we are chosen by God, God's special people with a unique role and a unique mission, but that we have a unique relationship with God no matter what, no matter where, where we've been or what we've done, we still have that amazing relationship, that special, special relationship with God no matter what happens. So, two more minutes. So we have, so that's what we're celebrating and that's why we're so happy on Simchat Torah. So that's why, and interestingly, when we dance on Simchat Torah, and this is the way Jews have danced historically, we have a funny way of dancing. You may have seen this before. When Jews dance, we dance in circles. We just go around and around and around and around in circles. It's an old Jewish tradition, all Jewish communities around the world. When we dance on Simchat Torah, and even Jews do it on other occasions, we have this tendency to dance in circles, whether holding hands in circles or, holding, um, or putting our hands on each other's shoulders, but dancing in circles. We have this thing that we dance in circles. Why do Jews dance in circles? You ever wondered? So, the thing is, when you're part of a circle, you're part of something bigger than you. You're part of a group. It's not me. It's a whole group, all dancing together. We're all part of a bigger group. And so it's not about me. It's not about us. Our relationship with God is not about me. It's part of something much, much bigger than me, much greater than me. I'm part of the Jewish people. I'm part of this nation that God has chosen. I'm part of something much greater than myself. Now, sometimes people are part of something greater than themselves when they're trying to get to something. If there's a line, you're part of a line that's headed somewhere. If there's a protest, you're part of a big group of people and you're following the group, following the crowd, but you're all aiming at something. You're part of a riot. There's a crowd and people get lost in the crowd and forget themselves. But you're part of people that are trying to do something. When you go in circles, you're not going anywhere. You're not headed anywhere. You're just going in circles. We're not Go, we're just going round and round and round because we're part of a group, part of a people, which that is the end in itself. We're not part of a group for some other purpose. We're part of God's chosen people. And that is the greatest blessing that we've been given, the greatest thing, the thing that we need to celebrate, the thing that we need to be excited about, need to be happy about, that we've been part of, we were chosen to be part of God's chosen people, given the Torah and given His commandments. And it's a very special, unique thing. Oh, God forbid we should put anyone down who doesn't have it. We should respect all people and value all people, but we still believe we're God's chosen people. And we should celebrate that. And that's why we're so excited and so happy, Simchat Torah. And we should in general be happy year-round, but Simchat Torah is the time when we celebrate that. So I encourage